Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pellicone. You are listening to episode 78 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was Ashton Kutcher is Serious. So, Frank, what did you come up with in terms of seri- the serious works of Ashton Kutcher? So, I made this joke on the previous Spin Chagrin that I've already seen Butterfly Effect. What else is there? <laughs> um, but there is other things. couple. Uh-huh. Um, so... The first one I found was a movie I'd completely forgotten about and had never cared to watch, um, both because I could not care less about the subject matter and also it just didn't seem like a good movie. Um, And I was right. Uh, Mm. So the first movie we're going to talk about is 2013's biographical drama Jobs, (laughs) based on the life of Steve Jobs, which is who Ashton Kutcher plays in this movie, Steve Jobs. It's it opens with the announcement of the iPod um, by Jobs in the early 2000s and mm-hmm. then proceeds to go back through the 70s with his time in college to the founding of Apple with um, uh, Wozniak um, and then throughout like the launch of the Mac. And then um, that's pretty much uh, his return to apple after launching like another computer product um and then up to um i guess like the late 90s with the launch of the imac is like the end of or no it's like the creation of the imac then we really get into the launch of the imac um that's all it takes place up to really well i mean because they show you the ipod thing that's like they show you like his speech from announcing the ipod and then they cut back to him being a barefoot hippie freak in college. Um, and like going to Harry Krishnas. Yeah, going to India and um, basically living off his parents' money. Right. I don't know how much we need to get into the life story of Steve Jobs, but here's some some broad stroke, like high or low lights, however you want to talk it. Okay. I didn't really know anything about Steve Jobs. Like ever nor did i really care because even though i've had an iphone for the better part of like a decade and a half at this point i guess Mm -hmm. i don't really hold any kind of hero worship or like high loyalty to apple right um when i was a kid we had an apple apple 2 and an apple um we had an apple 2 plus and an apple 2 gs and we had one of the first macs um when i was young so, like, I had Apple products in my house, but I also, we had PC products as well, so it wasn't like I was beholden, and you couldn't play any fucking games on the Mac, so, like, what 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 good was it, you know? Um, And I always thought the iMac was overpriced, and again, like, what are you going to play on it, so... Right. I mean, I had every, like, sort of Jeff Goldblum commercials back in the day, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just trying to see if I remember correctly. Yeah. I believe it, Jeff Goldblum. They don't talk about that in this movie. They 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 talk about the ridiculous 1984 commercial. If you remember that for the oh, launch yeah, of the Macintosh, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, I had actually in hindsight, I remember. Well, that. you know what's crazy is I had not I didn't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw like the opening of like the feet marching, I was like, oh my god, this fucking commercial! Right. So it must have made some impression on me when I was a kid. Yeah, they would show um, it, like, I remember on, like, specials and stuff like that, like, you know, the greatest commercials, like, that's where I would see that shit, like. Yeah. So, basically, it touches on, so, all right. 
Ashton Kutcher in the opening. I I actually when I when the first movie first opened, the first like five minutes, like during the announcement of um the iPod, mm-hmm. my first impression was, you know what, this guy's actually kind of got Steve Jobs down. Like from what I remember, like the mannerisms, the way he carries himself, the way he holds his hands and his shoulders, he's got it. You know, like Ashton Kutcher like nails that middle aged Steve Jobs. Um, when you first started to like really hear about Steve Jobs a lot again, although to like go through these two movies, you never stopped, but, um, it turns out that's all this movie has is that one moment, like that mm-hmm. one small performance. Cause Ashton Kutcher cannot act. Um, I mean, all due respect to the dude, but him acting as Steve Jobs, I don't even know like where what like source material, but it's basically him like pulling his shoulder blades back and in as hard as he can to kind of like give you this impression of a hunch, like a hunch, and doing like the Mr. Burns like fingertips <laughs> together thing, like as he walks, and then giving side eye glances at everyone um through his floppy hair so that's Mm -hmm. basically like what you got with kutcher in this movie um steve jobs was a piece of shit basically is also (laughs) what comes out of this movie like he american icon man oh yeah i mean he's definitely the influence of every neck beard in the universe because he knocked up his girlfriend then refused to admit that he got her pregnant even though he took a paternity test and it came back that he was the father, he came up with some algorithm that 28% of American men could potentially be the father of his child. Oh, awesome. um, just like through the whatever, um, the possible possibility of like the inaccuracy of a DNA test. So apparently like denied um, fatherhood of his, his child for... So in this movie, it seems like for maybe like six or seven years he was kind of an asshole and then he had some sort of epiphany and all of a sudden became a good dad because you don't really see anything beyond that like okay. at one minute one minute he's just like oh she is my daughter let me like take care of her and then she's like in scenes in his house and he has other kids and stuff um but a complete like egotistical piece of shit that treated like everyone in his life that tried to help him treated him like shit and like never listened to anyone in terms of like taking advice or what he should do with his product and i guess because we all have iphones like he's supposed to be some kind of like uncompromising genius Hmm. but really he's just a fucking asshole who refused to let people make any changes to his product um the whole closed system thing which is now like causing lawsuits to apple and like other countries and i think here maybe a little um but yeah, just mean, like, really hurtful things that he said to people. Hmm. The problem is, is that Kutcher is such, like, a fucking empty shell in this movie that you don't even really care. Like, he's, he like, every everything he does is just clenched jaws and narrow eyes. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I can't. It, it It's hard to explain because... I mean, I don't know. I I don't really, I didn't know anything about Steve Jobs necessarily, like, aside from, like, broad strokes, so I don't know how much I necessarily even, like, gleaned from this movie. Um, Except that 
Oh, it's also kind of like a waste of some. So let's let's look and see who's in this movie real quick. Jeff Lots Daniels, one person. Yeah. Um. So Josh Gad is terrible as as Steve Wozniak. Um. I actually thought it was Jack Black at first <laughs> because he kind of like moves his hands and like I can't like you can see me doing it on a screen. With, right. Like the way the Jack Black does, <laughs> yes, but it's just yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah. and like over the top. Uh huh. Um, I didn't know that Lucas Haas was who that person is, so that's kind of funny. He doesn't look like him at all. Um, uh, Ron Ellard? Yeah, it doesn't really matter in it. Um, plays Rod Holt. Dermot, Rod Dermot, Holt Dermot Moroney, so here's the funny thing. Dermot Moroney plays um, the guy that initially bankrolls uh, Apple in the late 70s. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was uh, Eric Roberts for a long portion of the movie. Mm. So that should tell you something. Yeah. Um, Matthew Modine is forgettable. I mean, he's fine. Um, J.K. Simmons is kind of forgettable, too. Uh, not not forgettable, but just like he's such a caricature that it doesn't even matter. And then he's gone mm. with like very little explanation as to why he's gone. Um, uh, I don't know. It's just it's just not a good movie, and it's it's not even that interesting of a story because again, it's like here's this dude that we were held up to believe was this kind of like paragon of you know the the ultimate maverick of Silicon Valley, but really he was just a complete asshole that treated everybody like shit and stole like liberally from other people in terms of like not really like taking credit for things but sort of like forcing his name into things that he didn't really have much control over and a lot of the stuff that he was uncompromising about was like dumb you know or if he would have compromised a little probably would have been like a lot more successful and saved apple from its financial ruin in the mid to late 80s to the early 90s so hard to watch doesn't i mean not to be too cynical, doesn't that just probably describe like most like of these like iconic business people? I mean, maybe. I guess like you look at somebody like Lee Iacocca, who's a guy that in our childhood was one of those people that you were right. supposed to look at as like a titan of industry. Sure. And he, you know, he's similar. He's got some failures with Chrysler, and I mean that's really the whole purpose of whatever that famous book of his is. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I don't know. Maybe that is the thing. Maybe like watching these people behave like if you had to actually deal with someone who's the ceo or something like it probably is kind of like mind-numbing and or someone who's brilliant like a genius is they're probably pretty awful people in general right um but it would also be more interesting because you'd actually be seeing a human being um instead of uh close approximation of a human being by <laughs> like a weird android type creature which is what you get in this movie <laughs> Um. So, so how, how like so now it's a it's a it's a bio a biopic right so it's like you know um does it lead into the tropes of the biopic like of it seems like it does like of like just cutting through large swaths of life but with with a cut or like a montage like you know um, I mean how's it filmed like you know is it follow yeah the I mean it's 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 pretty conventional like it's it's not filmed very well. There's not a whole lot to it that really holds your interest. Um, I guess unless you're some kind of like super like jobs fanatic or something. Like I don't know 
how much you would really care. Except that I was really, it was really interesting to me that somebody who did so many terrible things could be like remembered so fondly. And so I was really kind of like, I was fascinated more by the idea that this is the person that we hold up to such a high standard. Like to the point where, I mean, I feel like there was almost like some cult-like mentality to Steve Jobs as being like this amazing, you know, sure maverick genius or whatever um and in this movie like you also you don't really get they really don't tell you they really lead you to believe that he is that way that you should kind of forgive like all these excesses and him mistreating his child and abandoning his pregnant wife like in the early part of the movie or not not pregnant wife pregnant girlfriend and like decrying the fact that the child is his and there's all this like terrible stuff but then they kind of make you forget it and then or they want you to forget it and like they show him being like so mistreated and so you're supposed to feel like good when he comes back and gets his comeuppance on these people that were at one time his friends or like he thought were his friends and now he's um gotten his like corporate revenge on him by coming back like triumphantly to apple and because you know he's had this so i don't know if i don't know how much you know about the student like unless you're reading about him right now um he founded a company called next in the 90s that's when that he was kind of got ousted right like early. It, it was yeah it was after he got fired he got fired yeah. From Apple. okay yeah and so he founds this company next and the premise of next is um these are computers for schools like they're learning devices okay. and they're, yeah, they're, right. they're meant to be like put into schools and um i had i did not remember these at all and here's an interesting thing like you look these things up on ebay fucking like six seven eight thousand dollars twelve thousand dollars for huh. like a complete like functioning version of this thing okay that apparently never worked <laughs> um but they don't talk about that in the jobs biopic the reason I know about this, and here's like my first segue, is because I then watched the Steve Jobs biopic, mm. um, which came out in, hold on, let me get to it, uh, 2015, um, and directed by Danny Boyle, written by Aaron Sorkin. Um, because even though like I hated this, the Jobs movie, I felt like there's more here than like what they're showing and there's got to actually be something like a little maybe interesting in this man's life mm-hmm. um so and if anybody should be able to maybe pull that out a little bit it would be short sorkin i would think right so 100 percent. um that's that's how it is so i i watched this movie uh the next day um in the morning um, just to kind of like I'm like just to cleanse my palate a little bit right. and I'd watched another Ashton Kutcher movie in the interim but we'll get to that after this okay um so let me say that I really recommend Steve Jobs as a movie to watch mm-hmm. um a very it, very similar time period in the way they tell his story so they but they do it in this really fascinating way where they tell it from the perspective of three press conferences like the the moments before this up he's about to go on stage to announce a product so they do prior to the um, launch of the mac um prior to the launch of um 
next and then prior to the launch of the iMac. So you get to see him in three very different pieces of his life, um, including like post-ouster from Apple. There's not a whole lot of other scenes that take place outside of like those moments. So you don't really get a lot of flashback or like side story. It mostly is just like, here's 25 minutes before he has to go on stage and here's all the things that happened. Um, but somehow, even though they're only focusing on these three very specific um, instances, you actually get a much, I think, more interesting and human portrayal of him as like an actual person um, and still a complete asshole. But it's a more interesting asshole that you kind of want to learn about as opposed to just this fucking right. automaton that like makes his lips thin and side glances people right. um michael fassbender is great as steve jobs um he doesn't like imitate him as well as kutcher but it actually is an acting performance mm. um as opposed to just you know like basically like person karaoke um kate winslet is amazing as his um, long-term like assistant and um, producer in this character is not even in mm. uh, jobs at all mm. although it seems like she was a pretty integral part of his life but it doesn't really fit in with the narrative of jobs because in jobs he's he's the one that's like doing everything and he's the one that um you know he stood alone against like all these naysayers and was successful and in, in steve jobs um, it's a lot more interesting because it shows that there's a lot of people behind him and around him that even though he's too egotistical to really admit that he owes his success to, that they definitely are there for his success. Okay. Um, it also paints a more interesting portrait of him as a father, like with his daughter, um, including going from like refusing to acknowledge her like existence basically as his child, um, to really admitting like his, his failings and becoming a good dad. I don't know how much any of that stuff is actually the way that it happened. I mean, I'm sure there's exaggeration, you know, like narrative is exaggeration everywhere. But seriously, it's a really like great performance on Fastbender's part. Um, Seth Rogen is fantastic in it, like much better as the Wozniak character. Um, Jeff Daniels does a much better job playing the John Scully, who is the CEO of Apple. Um, because there's like in in jobs, there's this shit where you know, Steve Jobs hires this dude and then the dude kind of forces him out, but you never really get the impression that they were like close to each other or like it didn't really matter. It's just like, okay, like this is just a thing that happened. Um can you see me still? Yeah, I can see you. Okay, I got some fucking All right, there we go. I have some pop up, pop up. Mm. Um anyway, so Steve Jobs is a much better movie a much more interesting portrait of this man. Um, I think that I, I still don't understand why anyone would like have any kind of hero worship on this guy. Although I guess it explains a lot about our modern culture. If like, this is a person that people really look up to um, just because he's such, such like a dick. Um, but you know, if, if you're going to watch one movie about Steve jobs, this is the movie to watch about Steve jobs. Gotcha. And the Ashton Kutcher movie is like a hundred percent. The movie you should avoid about Steve jobs. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, it was easily like a seven chagrin. Uh huh. Um, I really, 
just fucking like hated watching it and was so annoyed and bored the whole time. And it, it's, it's a shame because again, like that opening, like six or seven minutes where he's doing the um, iPad launch is, is actually like really good. Yeah. But I just, I realized like 20 minutes into the movie that it was, you know, again, it's caricature, you know, it's fucking like whatever karaoke or whatever you want to call it. So, well, that's cool. I mean, it, it it does give like, you know, the ability to talk about things that would never be talked about before. Um, so that's like, um, that's interesting to hear those two comparisons, those two movies. Yeah, I was actually, um, I had no idea that the Steve Jobs movie with Fassbender existed. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, so that was uh, kind of an interesting find. And um, I was really happy that it was free so I could so I could watch it and we could kind of talk about it. Yeah. Um, and it actually, I think really made me dislike, like I may have told you that, um, I may have told you that jobs would have only been like a five originally, Mm -hmm. um, just because I didn't care. But then when I saw it, there was actually stuff that was interesting, um, by watching Steve jobs, like I realized that jobs, uh, was much worse than I actually thought it was. Mm. So, Mm. So then, after I watched Jobs, Uh-oh. um, I had searched for Ashton Kutcher, and a movie had come up. And here's the funny thing: this movie is already gone. Like, what? I watched this movie, and this movie is no longer available to stream. What? It's like the middle of July. Like, right? I know. Don't just go down in the middle. Hold on. Let me let me make sure that I'm I'm right about this. <laughs> But I went to look for it today because I wanted to watch the ending again. Um, and it was gone. Like I looked for it on Tubi, and Tubi said, yeah, this movie doesn't exist. <laughs> it still shows that it's free on Tubi, but I swear to God, it's not free there. Okay. It also says it's free on Amazon Prime Premium subscription. Maybe I watched it there. Mm. Let me see. I don't <laughs> want to steer you, I don't want to steer you astray. Um if this movie is uh truly free to watch somewhere because you may want to go and watch it if you hate yourself real bad (laughs) (laughs) i also um full disclosure fell asleep during this movie twice so there's elements that i missed which is why this can't be the spin chagrin movie Mm. of the evening um but we're going to talk about 2009's um romantic eh, drama um personal effects Oh, okay. Um, never heard of this. Starring uh, Kutcher, um, Kathy Bates, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, okay. I don't even know how to talk about this movie. So, I guess it's based on a short story. Um, the premise is that Ashton Kutcher's Ashton Kutcher is playing a um wrestling protege who is training for the national team in Iowa, but has to leave because his sister got raped and murdered. And so he wants to go home. Oh, there it is. Is Yeah. See videos currently unavailable. I swear to God, like I watched this movie and they were like, fuck you. And they took it down and now no one can ever see it again. (laughs) Um, It's probably, it's probably a thing where it's supposedly free on Redbox and Voodoo and Crackle and Plex. I, look, I'm telling you, it's gone. Like, this movie, I watched this movie, 
and the universe realized like yeah we can't let this movie ever be shown again right so anyway so ashton kutcher wrestler sister gets raped and killed so he comes home um because he wants to be with his family he feels like that's the right thing to do uh so he goes to live with his mom kathy bates um and gets a job at the local um fried chicken shop Mm -hmm. dressed in a chicken costume like being the guy out on the the sidewalk like trying to get people in to um into the chicken shop to buy chicken Okay. So there are legitimately shots in this movie that are filmed from a first person perspective of someone inside a chicken suit looking out. Mm. And that's probably the best thing that happens in this movie. Oh, okay. Um, Cause everything else is like super shit. Um, him and his mother are going to like a grief counseling circle thing. Um, and that's where the, he meets Michelle Pfeiffer who's, Husband was an alcoholic that was murdered outside of a bar by one of his friends. Um, and her son is a deaf mute um, who gets bullied and has anger issues. And they develop a romantic relationship with each other as Ashton Kutcher develops kind of like a big brother relationship with the deaf mute guy mm-hmm. by teaching him how to wrestle. Um I thought that his performance in Jobs was bad, but I don't know how Ashton Kutcher ever acted again after this movie. Like, mm. there is no reason anyone paid him. Maybe he's good in, like, comedies. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion there because I think I've seen Dude, Where's My Car? And it's been 30 years since that happened or whatever. You've seen um, him play Kelso, right? I, I don't count TV. TV's not real. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fine. I, I really don't. I, I I remember that character, but oh, I'm not it saying it was good. I'm just saying you've seen it. I have seen it. it. It's better than anything he's done in a dramatic sense, right? So you take his like thin-lipped, angry approach to Steve Jobs and take away any humanity from it, and you're left with his character and personal effects. Mm. Um, he actually kind of reminds me of Kelso. Everything he talks with so he's kind of like the the anti Kelso because he's not a um I don't want to fucking talk about this movie. It's so bad. Like I'm so glad it's, that I can't. It sounds real boring. Like uh, it's. I mean, it's worse than boring. It's like antagonistically apathetic towards any of the characters in it. So there's one part where um, fucking Kelso is out there in his chicken costume <laughs> and he hates the job and he's like really like antagonistic towards people. But everyone in this city that he lives in is an asshole and they're like, fuck you, chicken, chicken, you suck my dick. <laughs> and it's all this stuff of him like, leave me alone. Stop yeah. torturing me. That sounds like a job. great comedy sketch, actually. Yeah, but it's not. It's not funny. It's just it's it's abysmal. So at one point, Michelle Pfeiffer comes up to him and doesn't know that it's him in the costume. And he's like, hey, would you like to try like our chicken special? And she's like, fuck you, chicken, and walks away. And it's like, woman, like, why are you so mean to the chicken guy? Like, he's just doing his job. Doesn't make any sense. So anyway, um, I fell asleep during like their one, I guess they have like a sex scene or something. I don't know, because mm-hmm. I was sleeping during it. Um, But it's just like, you know, him finding the 
the passion to want to wrestle again and move past his sister's murder and blah 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 so terrible movie yeah this is that's a white person movie it's a no person movie buddy it's (laughs) it's legit like oh the guy that wrote the short story for this is the guy that wrote um the ice storm that makes sense it makes sense this movie is the ice storm except worse and it could have been (laughs) i don't know if it could have been any better it's really bad so i don't know i don't know if butzo had anything in mind for what he wanted you to watch with ashton kutcher um butzo doesn't care about anything (laughs) trying to it's just pure chaos yeah (laughs) just (laughs) mad libs like um i but uh ashton kutcher i mean the thing is like he's not a bad he's a good dude he's not a good good actor but he's but he's a good dude um that see so that was the biggest problem i had with watching this movie is that like i know things about ashton kutcher in terms of his whatever like his philanthropy and yeah i think that it's I think it's super sweet that he found Mila Kunis again after the disillusion of his relationship with Demi Moore and they fell in love and they have like apparently a really nice family and they live on this like sustainable farm in in the middle of Hollywood and you know he tries to help like whatever sex abused children or right human trafficking you know he brings awareness like there, like you said like there's plenty of good things about ashton kutcher as a human that's fine but you should never have to sit there and watch him in real life i mean it's legitimately painful and unnecessary and i mean i was i, was, I don't know like i was angry at, at bledsoe for putting me in a position where i had to like watch this shit <laughs> Like, there's so many other things. And then the worst thing is I even watched another movie on top of it. So, but on the positive side, I'm glad it got me to watch Steve Jobs because I really thought that was uh, like a really good, watchable, enjoyable movie. Like, I was, I was pretty into, into Steve Jobs. So let me ask you anything. Do you think Sorkin, I know Sorkin is like a, like a prominent writer's name. Like if, if people know writers in Hollywood, you know, he's one of them. Right. Um, Sure. Do you think like as, but he's known, I think more for his television shows a lot of times as a writer. Yeah. He's actually a little somehow underrated when it comes to like the movies that he writes. Like from the average person, like the average person Sorkin did the Jeff Daniels show on HBO and the West Wing and like, you know, stuff like that. But, um, like that guy, like you actually like a lot of his movies, I think. Um, if you actually look at his filmography, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Um, uh, maybe not. No, you, uh, you just, you 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 made your stance. Let's see. Now I'm looking at it. Um. Okay. So I think a few good men is good. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think Malice is a good movie. Although it has um, that one, that, that's the one that has that one great line though, right? 
sure there's the scene when yeah. he's on trial but i mean right. it's not like it's like a fantastic yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. beyond that um i don't think american president's very good then you have a 12-year gap right That's um, i i think charlie wilson's war is a pretty fantastic movie mm-hmm. um i thought Moneyball was really well written i thought steve jobs was really well written mm-hmm. i have never seen anything else i never saw that being the ricardo's movie even though i wanted to Mm. I um, I, honestly, I, I didn't even know he wrote that and directed. He it. wrote and directed it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I like Sports Night when I saw of it. Um, I think you had me watch some of that. Yeah, it's only two um, seasons before it got canceled. You know, we enjoyed large portions of the West Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, we enjoyed large portions of Studio Sixty. Um, and then I never watched any of the newsroom really. That was except for like that, the iconic um opening of it when opening of it yeah. yeah where he's like kind of yeah. shitting on america right yeah um i actually thought they were a few more movies than that but but yeah i mean like he's um he's got a pretty good track record and i think he's really good like you were talking about how he uses like the three press conferences and steve jobs i think mm-hmm. he's really good at um how to frame things and like finding like ways to um <laughs> bookend things like you know of like figuring sure. out a framing device in his writing that um he does that episodically it's much easier to do in 42 minutes he does that all the time in television episodes um maybe relies on the flashback like the immediate race opening we used to make fun of that all the time where it was like you know 24 hours earlier or whatever oh yeah 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 um but but yeah he's really good at that stuff um <clears throat> Oh, I mean, it's nice. interesting because I'm not sure how much of, I guess a lot of that stuff would have to be apocryphal anyway, really. Um, if you think about it, just because how could you know, like what was said in the room necessarily, except for people like in hindsight, mm-hmm. sort of maybe romanticizing it, but I, you know, it, it, it humanizes them. And I think it's, um, I don't know. All right. Anyway, um, fuck fuck jobs and fuck Ashton Kutcher and yeah. <laughs> uh do you want to spin this wheel and see what you get for next week? Yeah. All right. Uh, better be something better than fucking Kutcher part two or some shit. Huh? <laughs> it's that's all it is from here on out. <laughs> just, just that's that's the theme is uh in there. <laughs> Ninjas Attack 4 Cold War. Okay, yeah, that's easy. Ninjas Attack 4 Cold War. Yeah. So, yeah, that um that shouldn't be that difficult. Probably a lot How of them. How many categories are left at this point? Overall? Like total number? 33. Um, but we only have what 20 21 weeks left. What is what is pennant race FC? Hey, stop looking at shit. Why are you looking <laughs> I, at shit? It's there right in front of me. I can't help it. I usually have my shit hey, up. Look right. at I can't blackboard. See it. Look at blackboard. Stop it. See blackboard. I already saw. Well, I want to know what that means. Pennant race FC. Well, FC is food shot. Pen, so I have to watch a movie about baseball. I don't know. <sighs> if it comes up, 
you got you got a I don't know what's the odds here. It's like a I'm I'm roughly thirty three percent chance it like doesn't show up. I want to play a yellow card where I can opt out of any. You don't have drink. a yellow card. I'm creating one and you it's going to be for cards. that specifically. You got red cards and that's it. Whose category? Who who made that category up? Pennant race. Mm-hmm. Me. Hmm. Because you don't. I'm you never to... talk about sports. There's no. I've seen every movie about baseball that's ever happened. What? <laughs> You're like that, like drunk uncle. It just makes like belligerent claims, like that. That's that, me. That that's me. Real, like. <laughs> I've seen the natural. I've seen Bingo Long. <laughs> have you seen the babe? Um, yeah, I have. Did you see that uh, 61 movie that HBO did? Yes, I did watch that actually. Yeah. Um, oh God, I'm trying to do this. I know you say the Sandlot. Um, I've seen that. Huh. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I've seen Rookie of the Year. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, what was? Oh God, there was another Kevin Costner one that was not Bull Durham. The Natural. No, it nah, was that's um, Robert Redford. For love of the game. Mm, yeah, have you seen that? Yeah, I watched it in the theater on opening weekend. Mr. 3000. Test me, I've seen it. Mr. 3000? I, yeah. That was like towards the end of my run at Regal Cinemas. Or like I was there and I saw it for some reason. I Actually, we might have watched That was 2004, apparently. We, we might have watched that during that year. That we I might have yeah. watched it there with you. Oh, uh, fuck. Hold on, I'm going to have to... The bench warmers. You seen the bench warmers? I watched the bench warmers. Remember for oh, the right. spin chagrin, and it That's was so right. embarrassing I couldn't talk about it. Uh oh shit! Here's a here's a deep cut. I used to watch this all the time when I was a kid. Taking care of business. I don't know what that is. Yes. So maybe I haven't seen that. Uh huh. And working overtime. <laughs> they play that song. I'm pretty sure. Um, Every day. All right, um, it's it's fine. Let's just get on to food chat. Yeah. Why is Space Jam showing up on this? Taking care of business and working overtime. Work out. Why is Boiling Point showing up on this list? These are not baseball movies. Um, there's one called The Million Dollar Arm. I know you haven't seen that one. Um, Taking care of business has baseball in it. It doesn't look like it has baseball in it. Yeah, he's like he, he. What it is is he. Um, he's like a loser, and it's like he basically like I don't know makes a wish or something, and like he becomes like part of his wishes that he's like this famous baseball player. The scout. Oh yeah, I've seen the scout. Fuck! How do you? Why are you watching all these baseball movies? Oh, no, I liked baseball when I was younger. Okay. So you don't like baseball now? No, I don't care about baseball, and I don't want to talk about it. I guess I could watch this movie. There's all kinds of things you haven't seen. I know, I'm sure there is, but there's Air one. Bud's seventh inning fetch. Oh yeah, yeah well, that that would probably be the what I would choose. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, what are we doing now? Are we going to talk about like uh, do you like know that four choices at the restaurants I went to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're that's that's fine. That's that's fun topic. Um, <laughs> you know that that movie was based on the song. 
No, hold on. Taking care of business? Yes. So you're telling me, you're telling me that somebody wrote this movie, like, loosely inspired by the song? Yes, it is named after the song of the same name by Randy Bachman, recorded by Canadian rock group Bachman Turner Overdrive. It's also J.J. Abrams' first screenplay. <laughs> That's really fun. Um, before he did regarding Henry, I guess. Um, he was taking care of business all right, and working overtime. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's see. I guess for context, uh, my wife and I went for a few days to a town in Pennsylvania called New Hope that, um, like, 20-plus years ago, apparently, was this, like, antique like, art gallery-like town and stuff like that, and now it is um, nothing but uh, Gen Z clothing boutiques, um, ZB, ZB, CPD, and, like, uh, what is it, like, alternative medicine stores, um psychics and gastropubs huh. now like is pretty much all, like all that's like left of this like largely gentrified um full, fully gentrified like now tourist town yeah. new um, new hope is gentrified did did you go see a psychic no hmm. no that's a shame i the, the most interesting store i was probably in was only open for five hours on saturday and on sunday but it was called the creeper um hmm. It's it's something that like I there's photos online that you can Google, but it's like this kind of like uh got kind of gothy ghost centric place, and like he, the guy has this like room of these artifacts, kind of like that Zach Baggins like asshole uh-huh. um that's like collected all these artifacts over time. They're supposedly have attachments to him and are haunted and blah blah. Like he had a room like that in the back. Um, did like, you go back and walk through it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I read a lot of them, but well, not probably fifty percent. It was really claustrophobic, and because it's a bunch of old stuff, a lot of it's dusty and like you know, and like I think the temperature is hotter back there. Plus, it's small. I, um, and then there's people in and out. It's really busy. So, um, some of them dead. Um, I did hear, I did hear a young lady, um, talk about how, like, if there were attachments on the things, it's okay. Cause she's a witch and she can do blessings. Um, nice to which I kind of sat there and thought, right. It is. Um, I kind of thought though, it's like, if you're a witch, you probably don't go and, and you have that power. Do you really go around pronouncing yourself as announcing yourself as like a witch are you trying to drum up business for all the fucking attachments that people are going to get from <laughs> right cursed stalls and tchotchkes right. right that are in new hope pennsylvania because that's mm. the heart of the heart of hauntings yeah i i i didn't really get the place there were some really good food places though that i went to um like i had good meals and stuff like that um um and that was good uh we saw tick tick boom um was playing at their playhouse there um bad play um won't say anything about the performances i think everybody did their best with it but um i don't know if you've ever seen the film adaptation of that by any chance with tick tick boom yeah with uh andrew garfield in it no Um, i had never watched it before um but i was kind of familiar with it it's the guy that wrote rent um Mm. the play like he he had a play basically it was a failure so that's the only thing he ever did in his life before he died um was rent and um 
but in between a play that never won anywhere and rent he wrote this as a monologue uh tick tick boom um that's this like autobiographical like uh story about his attempt to get his first play seen and like picked up and on broadway um and then somebody like years later like his friend or something was like can you turn this into like you know some sort of like play or something like that like you know rather than just a monologue and somebody kind of like restructured it but all the music is his and everything and um it has a song in it called green dress that i think is the worst song that i've ever heard in a musical before um i was horrified by this song uh if you wanted to hear it there is like clips on i know online from the uh from the film you know that they did um but it's all just about like this green dress and um that's it it's just a song about this green dress that like his, his girlfriend wears and um yeah is it a green green dress it is a green yeah green green dress yes deep dark velvet hugs your silhouette is that that's right? Yes, that's a yeah. Black silk stockings, you're my Juliet. Uh-huh. Soft long hair, baby, beautiful eyes. Oh my god. Cool me down before I jump into your thighs. Yeah. Yeah. Would you jump into your thighs I, or jump nah, between it. your thighs? I mean <laughs> eh. I feel like that's um I feel like that's not very knowledgeable on women's anatomy. Unless you just want to sit on her lap or something, you fucking weirdo. The green, green dress, 20 buttons and a strap. The green, green dress, what a pleasure to unwrap. Uh Green dress, oh, what it can do. What the green, green dress does to me on you, me on you. Yes. Boy, howdy. That's uh, that's Now, she she sings the next verse. Let's find a chair where we can sit and talk or get some fresh air. Maybe we could take a walk. Tell me what you're thinking. Talk about your day. Tell me what to do. I'll do any. Oh, yeah. Christ. Yeah. Finish it. Finish it. Tell me what to do. I'll do anything you say. But yes. then we get back into the green, green dress. Yes, you do. Um, Can I hear you laugh, babe, is the next verse. Can you yeah. make me make smile? Me smile. Uh, it's, I'll forget I, what's on my mind for a while. You know, that's like fucking. Um, oh, shit. What's can the... I tie you up, love? If you tell me yes. I'll unbutton every button down your green, green dress. Ow. Is that like, ow? Like he's. <laughs> yes, it is. Like a Michael Jackson exact- ow? Yes, or it's it. like, a, I stub my toe out. That is exactly, yes. Um, yes, yes, green, green dress. He was just trying to molest <laughs> the green, green dress. Yeah. Yes, he was. Dude, that fucking, when I heard, I I literally, like, we were luckily, we got we got seats purposely in the very back of the theater because it's a very small playhouse just so that we could be like, you know, basically not sitting next to anybody. There was like two seats in the very back. Um, and it's only like maybe like 150 feet, like total, like long, if that, like, you know, um, to the stage. And, um, but I audibly, when that line came up of, can I hear you laugh, babe? Can you make me smile? I literally like groaned um during that it reminded me of fucking my last duchess like mm. 
is like yeah, but that's creepy on purpose. Yes, it is. And that's supposed to be like sexy, romantic. Right? Yeah. Um, you you know you you know what we should make the standard. Whenever you're displeased with something in any performance, whether live or film, you should go whoa, like from um, (laughs) what's that awful movie? (laughs) Son of a woman. Yeah, son of a woman. You should just make that noise like you're like super into whatever's happening. <laughs> and then everyone will have the like the worst fucking associations because you'll be like, oh, look at this terrible scene. <laughs> but if you could like normalize that for people like using that as a sign of disapproval, it'd be pretty fucking funny, I think. It would. Yes, I agree. Yeah. You can All maybe right. even get what's his name to do it. Um, I almost said Dustin Hoffman, the other one, Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino. God, can you imagine Hoffman playing that character? Yeah, hua. Ah, hua. So before we went to um to see the play, uh, there is a um the playhouse deck is attached to it. That has indoor and outdoor seating. We we sat inside because it was very hot this past week. But um, so <clears throat> do you need me to send you the links to these things, Frank? Uh, I don't think I have them. Okay. Anymore. Um, try to do it since I haven't pulled off my computer. Hopefully they send fairly fast. Um, <clears throat> so I'll send you that first one, and then I'll kind of just send you the next ones after that. <clears throat> Sweet. Um. Uh. So there's the first one. Then. Okay, I remember. While you're this looking one. over. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was the first night we were there. Um. And you, you definitely had opinions on this night. I know. <clears throat> and what would you have ordered from that menu? Do you remember? From the playhouse. Yeah. Um, I would have gotten the same thing your your wife got, which is the the penny primavera. Mm-hmm. I would have gotten it with um marinara. Okay, she instead got of the, the garlic, garlic butter. butter. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which is fine. I mean, I think that's a fine yeah. choice too. Wild mushrooms, asparagus, blister cherry, tomato, pecorino. Um, I also thought the uh roasted organic chicken sounded really good, and the pan the the pan seared branzino would have been my second option. Mm-hmm. Which is um fingerling potatoes, saltine green beans, sauteed green beans, apple, celery, and poppy seed slaw. I mean, yeah. it's um pretentious as fuck, but that actually sounded pretty decent. They they were all about the branzino, like down there. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm curious if that's something it's on that the river. I, I mean, I wonder if they're getting branzino out of that river. I feel like I that's know. more like. I thought Branzino was more of like an ocean fish, but I might, I might it's, a, it's, a, it's a sea thing, I think, right? It's sea bass or something like that? I think so. Yeah. So about 10 years ago on Food Network, everyone was always cooking with fucking Branzino. Mm-hmm. I've never eaten Branzino, but it's always sounded good to me. Yeah. But I wonder if that might not be like, like these are all, I don't know, like Food Network burnouts or something. Yeah. So yeah, um, so we also, ended up getting the white bean. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. What else do you like? Yeah, I thought I thought the burrata sounded good. Um the white bean hummus sounds good. Yeah, that's what we got. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it all sounded like just perfectly edible food. I think it's a little overpriced for what it is. Everything but... down there is overpriced, I think. Yeah, but fine. You know, whatever. Yeah. Your option was the most <laughs> lame, like... Yes, yes. Grandma option so, so So, okay, so I looked at... I got a chicken Waldorf. Ridiculous. So it's organic shredded chicken breast with grapes, walnuts, apple, and red onion on sourdough. It's fucking chicken salad for Christ's sakes. It is chicken salad. You're you're yes, it is. Right. It is. You know what I did the night that you told me you got that? I made myself chicken salad for dinner. Yes. Right. And what happened? So let me tell you. I ordered this fucking thing, right? It was good, by the way, too. I'm sure it's chicken salad. It's hard to fuck it up. I ordered this thing. Except they put grapes in it, which is like the whitest person shit. (laughs) And this old this old woman that was like sitting like to my left saw my shit i saw her looking over she's looking at my fucking my, my chicken waldorf and then she, i heard this some kind of conversation and i heard the waiter sit there and uh say that like you know well some people get it without the bread or whatever and so then it comes out she's ordered one she takes it off the, she she it has bread it has the sourdough she takes it off the sourdough <laughs> And places the sourdough aside. Yeah. After that, people behind us, there was three more people that ended up getting the chicken chicken Waldorf. Yeah, a bunch of and basic, then you made chicken dishes. salad. Right, but I actually made good chicken salad. I didn't make this bullshit. So what did you make it? I make it the way that you should make chicken salad. No, you don't put fucking grapes <laughs> and walnuts and apple. In your goddamn chicken salad, you fucking freaks. Chicken salad is chicken, mayonnaise, mustard, finely chopped celery and onion, celery seed, and then a little bit of like some other kind. Like I use Obey, but I understand if you don't want to use Obey, like paprika is fine, whatever. Like some kind of like smoky, like spice blend. And that's it. Salt, pepper, toasted bread. That's your chicken salad. Right. Not on fucking sourdough, not with goddamn grapes. People ruining a fucking chicken salad. The ridiculous. No, no. It was good. Um that's disgusting. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Do they have their desserts listed there? Yeah, they're here. Uh, okay, yeah. Um the only thing I could eat out of that was uh, the fruit sorbet. Oh um, yeah, that's what I would have gotten too. Uh yeah, it was good. Um, she got the affogato. Um, yeah, and really liked it a lot. I mean, I mean I don't the know gelato she wouldn't like, but the gelato might have been decent. Bread pudding, I would. I, I it would either have been the bread pudding or the sorbet. But um, I love a good sorbet. We actually had an argument at work the other day about what's better, sor- sorbet or sherbet. Hmm. I haven't had sherbet in a long time, so I've had sorbet so many times without having sherbet that I I don't even know if I understand Could, the difference. You can't eat sherbet, can you? It has. What doesn't sherbet have dairy? It probably does. Yeah, I mean, I thought sherbet was like a sorbet that's mixed with with dairy. Yeah, to make kind of like a fruit fruit ice cream sort of. I might have known that at one point. That's why I haven't eaten it in so long. Um, sorbet is just um, like fruit and sugar, I think, for the most part. I don't think there's even any like gelatin in it or anything. So the next day, I didn't. Person. I didn't send you. 
I didn't send you the 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 launch stuff because we just went to this like open kind of like a market like indoors market that had a bunch of places and um uh just like kind of got something quick but um what am i opening dubliner dubliner is is where we okay. went to dinner the next night so it's the dubliner um is is the irish pub and restaurant they had an irish band in there like singing mm, right. like it was fucking um what's that awful movie there is no awful uh, movie about ireland oh that is an awful movie um was it like like the dropkick murphy's or flogging molly or something yeah it was like that kind of shit like yeah yeah singing like shipping it, up to boston and it was really and even though we were like a room apart from it it was super loud and it gave me a lot of anxiety honestly so i just like kept pouring drinks into me um, this is um so i will say this about this menu before we delve into like what you guys ate mm-hmm. um i think this is a really good pub menu mm-hmm. like i was i'm oh, fine yeah. with like pretty much everything on it yeah I think it's a little too expensive. That's not even true. It depends on the... I meant to ask you what the portion sizes were like, because if the portion sizes were reasonable, then I think that this is a reasonably priced menu. Dude, like, it was... She couldn't She couldn't finish hers. Um, I finished mine because I'm a fucking glutton, but I mean, like... I mean, I would say, like... Because I ended up getting... Um, uh. Oh shit! Uh, bangers and mash. Yeah, the and bangers and mash. The the, the, the sausage was probably about uh, four inches, maybe, and there were three of them. Um, yeah, that's it, good. Yeah, and um, it was yeah, and it was just served over like a kind of a I would say like eight by you know four kind of trough of potatoes, like mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's um, only sixteen bucks. It's yeah, pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good size. So like, um, you know, overall, that's not much more than you're going to spend a fucking Burger King. So what the hell? I mean, you may as sure. well get some bangers yeah. and mash. Yeah, yeah, I think that all this stuff is reasonable. Like most entrees for under twenty, and then like the fancier entrees for under thirty. Mm-hmm. And it was good. I, 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 again, I had no problems with it overall. Hers looked. I actually did try like a bite of hers when she like couldn't finish. She got the braised lambs too, and um, it was very very good. Yeah, I would have gotten that or the shepherd's pie would have been my two choices. Brandy was saying that she she, she disliked their shepherd's pie and said that it, like it's like that they're doing like the braised lamb, but like they're using prime beef for the shepherd's yeah. pie, and she didn't like that. Mm, that's a pretty pretty traditional like low. I don't want to call it low class, but like, like that's my family's version of shepherd's pie because we were poor mm-hmm. and my mother was poor when she was young. So it was always just like ground beef instead of lamb. But I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. It's good. Yeah. At least um, I didn't like I, it, the, 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 the whitest, um, lamest Gasberry thing to get on this menu would be the fish and chips, right? No, fish and chips is fine. You're in an Irish pub. <clears throat> this stuff out is of that all menu. Like... Yeah, this no, stuff no, is actually stuff the grilled all... chicken BLT probably would have been. Like... Oh yeah, yeah, I would have made fun of you. That's a right. waste of your life. Yes. Yeah. No, I I considered because I didn't. Or have you, got, any, you would have gotten any a... burgers while I was gone because it's like I can always get burgers like in places, but their Irish bacon cheeseburger did sound good. Yeah. Um, it's, it does sound good. 
that Guinness barbecue sauce I would have been interested in trying. The Jameson ch- chicken sandwich they had. Um, yeah, that sounds I, good. I considered. Um, did we get? I mean, yeah, that grilled chicken BLT. That's like even that's still got like some fancy shit on it. But oh, we did get the potato pancakes for an appetizer. Yeah. Um, oh, that's lame. That's not what I would. <laughs> Um, I knew exactly what I wanted to get, and and that's what she wanted. And it didn't really matter to me. But um, so what would you have gotten on those appetizers? The curry fries, maybe. Okay. Or the corned beef poutine with Guinness gravy. That actually sounds pretty delicious. Those would have been my two choices. Mm. See, I was I was looking at the Dublin or fritters. I'm not a fan of sauerkraut on stuff. Really? Although it does sound, yeah. I don't like a Reuben, and that sounds too much just like a Reuben. Mm. I mean, it's corned beef, sauerkraut, and Swiss cheese rolled in pastry, deep fried and served. You're just uh, giving me a fucking Reuben Monte Cristo there. And that ain't, that <clears> ain't <throat> in my bag. Hmm. So. How do you feel about calamari? Calamari is fine. I don't know that I would eat it at a Irish pub, but... Mm. I was actually surprised it was. I I don't know if I've ever seen calamari like at a like Irish Irish place. I right, can't so, think of anything I've ever. I can't think of it. So then the next day we went to Martine's River House. Did you not get a dessert here? Uh, we did not because I I figured my three drinks would count as a dessert, and she was so full that. She did not get anything for dessert. That's a shame because this is the place where I thought the desserts looked the best. Mm. I mean, there's, I love bread pudding. I love carrot cake. I love creme brulee, the pot du creme, which is chocolate cream pudding, whipped cream berries, and chocolate sauce. Sounds fucking delicious. And then the butter toffee cake sounds like it would be fucking delicious too. So yeah. every single, every single one of those desserts I actually thought um sounded really good. Yeah. But you know, you were too yeah. cool. Yeah. So next so day, Martin's, Mar- Martin's, Martin's River Martin's House. River House. Yeah. Now you had problems with this place because you started looking into it before we went there, right? Yeah. This is a place that made me really angry. <laughs> Even though I think that some of this stuff sounds pretty good. Yeah. So we, you want to explain to him why, why it made you angry? It's the same thing that I had the trouble with that fucking place where you got the goddamn peanut butter and jelly pulled pork sandwich. Disgusting. Tommy, Tommy Two Stones. Um, yeah. Place. Yeah. So, and I, I prefaced, prefaced my saying what I said by saying, I know this makes me a hypocrite because this is me. But the fucking like cultural appropriation in this fucking place is, is disgusting. Like, for one, they have pad thai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, mm-hmm. again, like, not to sound like a dick, but I've eaten, like, real pad thai in the middle of Thailand. Uh-huh. And it doesn't have goddamn daikon radish and tamarind in it. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. Right. It also doesn't have an H between the P and the A. It's just P-A-D, pad thai. Uh-huh. 30 fucking dollars for pad thai is crazy. Like, crazy. And that's without you even getting a protein. Like a $30 dish of what's really just like sautéed vegetables and like a peanut sauce. And then having to spend... And they give you steak as an option with your pad thai. Ain't nobody eating like pad thai steak. It it doesn't (laughs) happen. It's fucking ridiculous. It's funny that you like 
specifically brought up the pad thai spelling thing because i saw it and like um it, it was like a, a, there's something sacramenti in arrested development um yeah. it's, it's it reminds Sac- it, like as soon as i saw it i was like sacramenti yeah as soon as I saw it, that's what I thought was like this idea of like you know like were you looking for like you know pad Thai P right. like um yeah fucking I don't know if it was a typo or if somebody's trying to be clever in no. some way so I don't understand or what here's what makes here so this is somebody that's been to Thailand I imagine or at least has like eaten at a Thai restaurant and thinks they know what's what because mm-hmm. they've got this coconut curry and carrot soup which I actually thought. That, I thought about that. Yeah, like that sounds like it might be good. Yeah, I think that's probably more Indian than Thai, mm-hmm. just because of the lemon yogurt. Um, then they have elote. Then they have escargot. Then they have a chicken liver pate. Then Thai curry mu- mussels. It's like, yeah, fucking figure out like what you are. Like, this, yeah, I hate this fucking. <sighs> it's like the most in... expensive cheesecake factory menu of all time, or something. It really like... is. Yeah. Thai curry mussels, peppers, onions, jalapeno, coconut milk, cilantro. Okay, let me tell you what the fuck is not in Thai food is jalapeno and cilantro. Right. Not. Right. They have a they have a vegetable that's sort of like a cilantro parsley-esque, but it's like got a more it's just a different taste. Well, this is like a new American menu, right? Like which is I think any more like and kind don't of call like where... fucking Right. Well, New American just means that you steal from other people and then fuck it up, right? I mean, yeah, don't call it fucking Thai curry muscle. I mean, call it just like right, Martine's curry muscles or something, <laughs> and then like you know, I'm fine with it. They don't even say there's any curry in it. Like, what the fuck? Like, just right. putting jalapenos in some bitch don't make a curry. I don't know. Yeah, so we and then you I got just, like burrata caprese, like yeah. it's just it's all over the fucking place. Yes, and there's arugula on goddamn everything. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck is up with arugula in the modern world? Yes, yes. Ain't nobody eating no goddamn arugula. What did I say last time? It's like fucking kale. Like kale used to be on everything. Yeah, and now nobody cares about kale anymore because they found arugula. Like, so next you're gonna be eating. Uh-huh. I don't even know what's next because there were spinach greens for a while. Those spinach greens were on everything, right? For a minute. It just seemed like a really overpriced menu. It is. It is. Um, I thought, despite the price and despite how fucked up the place was, and then you were also, like, angry about how uppity they were because they were, like, basically, like, you should wear business casual or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I read the about because I was, like, I was hoping to see that, like, maybe the chef was Asian or something, and then I could have maybe gotten down with it a little bit. but. Uh Yeah. I couldn't find anything about that. I and yeah. I just imagine that rat face white dude from fucking <laughs> J and B's PBJ bar, two stones, whatever. Right. Yeah, like uh-huh. that's the guy that's like commuting up here on the weekends to fucking book. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's like, like oh. Tommy, Tommy Two Stones is is like all like that's what he does. Like that's he just goes to different places. <clears throat> he's fucking he's Tommy it's always the same guy. Um, creating these menus. He's like the Steve Jobs of, um, of the new American, uh, like fucking wave. caramelized day boat scallops. Let, let me let me read you the ingredients here: couscous, <laughs> grape tomatoes, kalamata olives, red onion, arugula, cucumber, pepperoncini, feta cheese. That's some dude just fucking bought a oh, green salad the, from okay. Pat's. 
You're on the just, dinner menu. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I was looking at. Oh, we we were there for lunch. Oh, but well, it's still, it's still the same. Like the 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 appetizers are the same. The the mains are different. Yeah, I mean they're um, just all sand, overpriced sandwiches. Oh yeah, I I also I don't maybe I just don't know fancy restaurants enough. I also thought like starters, mains, and small plates was like okay, cool. Um, yeah, I was looking at um. I was curious how many deviled eggs you get for five dollars. That was my first thought. <laughs> right, right. Um, the shishito peppers I thought was interesting too. I wonder. I guess they're roasted. Uh, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I ended up getting out of the small plates. I got the fried cauliflower. Um, how is that? It was really good. Yeah, it was actually like probably like my favorite thing out of all of it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I actually think the lunch menu sounds good, but it's like, listen, we have a restaurant for those of you that like don't live near here or whatever. We have a restaurant called Steak and Main, which is down in the main street of like the town where I live. Mm -hmm. They have a lunch menu and they're an expensive place and all their stuff is a la carte and um, it can be like really pricey, but all of their sandwiches on their lunch menu tend to like top out at like 15 bucks right and you get like a decent sized sandwich and it's really well made i mean i'm not gonna pay fucking 28 dollars for a fucking sandwich at lunch that's ridiculous yeah for what no, it's it's a it's a it's a, yeah it's a Bob lot it's steak hand cut fries grilled scallion club sauce <laughs> yes oh and it's gluten-free too so it is not even, um, on, not even on a fucking bun. She, she ended up getting the uh, grilled vegetable skewers with um, scallops. Um, and thought that the um, the mushroom rice peel off and the scallops Jesus. themselves were really good. Um, Christ, she spent $40 on lunch? Yeah, I, 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 It's not even about me like criticizing because you guys were on vacation, so whatever. Yeah, like, right. Live your best life. But I'm just saying that, like, if this is a place that's just open for lunch regularly, like, who's who's buying that shit? Um, here's what here's what was interesting. So, and then um, I I didn't tell you what I got because you criticized me. I ended up, I just ended up getting the French dip sandwich, um, with a side I, of those. I think uh, I think fried cauliflower. I think um, that's way too much money for a sandwich. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, whatever. Um, one of the things, that, so I, I did want your opinion on this. We ended up getting talking about the restaurant when we were texting each other. But if I would have gotten the smoked turkey BLT that's on their menu, would you criticize that one? Because I think that's I, that sounded really interesting. It was different. <laughs> My only criticism of that, it's on sourdough bread. And I think the sourdough is a disgusting bread choice, generally. But other than that it sounds fine yeah i thought it was interesting like, with like the turkey and the fried green tomato as opposed yeah to if the... they're if they're honestly like fresh roasting their turkey like it's mm -hmm. not just like lunch meat that probably would be pretty good yeah and the fried green tomato that's an interesting combination yeah i thought about like getting that um the the fried green tomatoes as the the starter but um but then i'm deciding we didn't do it. but it's also your lunch choice because she doesn't you know? like fried green tomatoes but um so yeah, so and then we were going to go to so we ended up doing this like 
very like privileged white train ride thing i don't know if i told you about this frank but it's um it was just like you know like basically like for the hour it's like you know you you take this train ride for an hour and they give you like uh i think it was like four or five different pourings of wine like different reds and whites Mm -hmm. um and um a charcuterie board um so we did that and the idea was we were going to go at like nine o'clock to this next place that i sent you nectar um with a with a with a k um sounds like a fucking thundercats villain and it has wine flights and whiskey flights um like is their big thing and then they're they're very big apparently on like matching food to different types of like you know wine whiskey and stuff um so i was i was interested in going to this place mainly for food chat (laughs) more than anything else but um we were like so full from lunch and then um um and then like the the charcuterie board and stuff like that that uh we just ended up like not going to this place but i still wanted to have you look at the menu and while you're doing that i just want to say that martin's place ended up honestly despite like their pretension and their prices ended up actually being like the best staff that we encountered the entire time we were there um every single person that like we interacted with because they a big storm swept through like their umbrellas blew off outside like you know like it was a total disaster for them but like you know they were friendly joking like attentive and they ended up being the actual best it was actually the best experience that i had the entire time that i was um there in a restaurant was martine's um so yes extremely expensive but well, they make enough money off those tips. They better be nice. <laughs> yes. Um, this place is this nectar place is yes. way way too all over the place. I don't believe that any of this stuff. Okay, so here's here's my complaint about this because there are actually some stuff on this menu. So they've got small plates, mm-hmm. and they have a picture at the top of when you click on food. Right. Uh, what looks like two sliders of some kind. Yep. I wonder mm. what that is. Maybe they're the crab cakes. There Maybe. was like lobster, some kind of lobster sliders, if I remember correctly. Lobster sliders and meatball sliders. And those are the meatball sliders, I think. I don't see that. It's under sandwiches. Oh, my God. Well, then there you go. There's my answer. Those things are like two bites for a real man. Like, you're not. Right, right. Okay, so first of all, the first thing under their small plates menu is a poke bowl in the middle of fucking Pennsylvania. Kiss my ass. Like, you are not making a poke bowl in fucking New Hope, Pennsylvania. It's disgusting. Like, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't even like poke anyway, but I, I guarantee there's nothing good about that poke bowl. And then it just mm-hmm. goes downhill. <laughs> <laughs> You've got in the span of like four entries, mm-hmm. which is you've, tuna tartar. You've scallops. got a tartar, which right. is like Jap- Japano Mexican style. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Thai curry on your scallops. You've got a Chilean sea bass. Mm-hmm. You've got a Spanish pulpo octopus mm-hmm. with arugula. <laughs> yeah, fucking arugula is on everything. <laughs> they must just grow arugula like. 
truffle ravioli i mean like some of this stuff sounds like i'm actually not a fan of truffle french fries i think truffle french fries are disgusting um and i don't understand why people will pay like so much extra money to eat fucking truffle french fries because they're fucking gross just eat some goddamn regular french fries you goddamn monsters um i would try these pork tamales that's interesting uh beef wellington that's interesting but it's twenty dollars on a small plate like i wonder like is that just a tiny little wellington uh the short rib sounds good uh spinach and chickpeas i mean that's probably pretty decent the indian food so there's like our sixth cultural appropriation (laughs) fucking roasted brussels sprouts with duck sausage and chinese five spice like what the fuck i don't know yeah, my plan when I went there was to get the seafood gumbo. I didn't even see that on there. Uh, it was under the small plates. Sausage, shrimp, scallops, crab meat, um, okra, collard greens, and rice. I um, see it now, yeah. Uh, that's not really gumbo, but whatever. Right. right. I mean, that's actually not at all gumbo. That's a... <laughs> insulting that they call that gumbo i don't know what that is but it's not that yeah, yeah i don't know so, so i i'm i wasn't like necessarily in the end like uh sad or anything that i didn't like that we didn't i would have actually probably gotten a charcuterie board yeah yeah um because you can get five selections for 36 bucks so, you know, foie gras, chorizo. Yeah, there's a bunch of good cheeses. I mean, that's that's actually kind of interesting to me. They have um some good sounding desserts. Their black currant cheesecake. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty. Yeah, good. I was it's... actually interested in 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 their desserts honestly because there was something that I felt that I could. Oh, they had they actually had a dessert I could eat, which was coconut rice rice pudding. Um, yeah, but that would be pretty delicious. But so I did really quick discover on this that through I, I decided I was going to test out my lactose issues like a little bit during this trip, and um, I actually like like have been slowly testing things out for since we've started doing food chat honestly for like uh, a couple months of like testing out different cheeses here and there based on their percentages and um it seems like i can eat most things anymore that aren't soft as long as it's within reason like i can't like i even ate some mozzarella on something um and was fine but it was just a little bit of mozzarella like you know the equivalent of like a slice you know i don't think i could eat like a whole like piece of pizza or something you know like um with that much cheese on it maybe i could but i don't know if i could eat two um his mozzarella is still pretty pretty bad but um and american cheese is pretty bad but it's like but all the rest of them it feels like i can do i can do swiss like you know i can do like provolone i can do cheddar i can do so it's actually gotten a lot better and it opens up like my options like a lot more um and I'll still leave it as a surprise, but uh, we got 
some gifts um, while we were there, and yours specifically will tie into whenever I see you next. Will eventually tie into food chat for a future episode. Um, so I know what it is. You don't know shit. You don't, you don't, you can't even guess it. Okay. You have no idea what is it. I'm not telling you. If you tell me and you're right, because you, you're not right, I'll tell you off air. Okay. And then we can reveal next week just whether I was right or wrong. Okay. Because I don't want to spoil it if if I'm right. Okay. All right. That's fine. We can do that. Um. And then finally, uh, to finish off food chat for the week, um, I guess we're going to do crackers next week. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, we do okay. that every week, don't we? <laughs> Orion, Orion knows we're like recording on Monday nights for this thing. It's tr- I think he's trying to get in on food chat, um, because he's bringing up last week's dilemma where you were upset over the peanut butter and jelly burger from Tommy Two Stone's place, and wanted to know if it was on a pretzel roll, if you would eat it. Yeah. Um, so just so that this can be cleared up fully, um, completely, what is the answer to that other than that you would, whatever glib response you gave in that text thread while we were recording? I'd probably eat it no matter what. I mean, I would try it. Like, just because I think it's a stupid option. I, here, th- This is my problem with it generally. Like, I don't mind the idea of people trying new tastes and stuff like that, even though I've had something similar and I thought it was not very good. Mm-hmm. it's the fact that like you're taking up a spot on your menu with this thing which means that some of those things have to be prepared and ready to go so you've spent money on them i just don't think many people are going to eat it i think it's a bad choice to put on your menu and it's annoying that like i hate people that are so enamored with their own fucking weirdo fetishes about food that they ruin a menu by putting like nonsense on it and it's just this is that nonsense right yeah but i would still i mean i'd still try it i wouldn't pay for it but if somebody was like hey try this sandwich i would try the sandwich gotcha okay so you'd never actually purchase the sandwich you would only get it you'd only try it if somebody was like hey try this they you know the dude that is like one of the owners of McGlynn's was at McGlynn's one day Orion and I were there having lunch and they had a peanut butter and jelly and banana burger that they wanted me to try it was like fried bananas with some kind of like jam and then peanut butter on the the bread and the bread was toasted and it was like a pub burger and they're like oh this is something we're thinking about putting on the menu you want to try it and I okay fine I'll try it and you know what it was okay mm-hmm. like it was fine right. but it wasn't like anything good you know it wasn't something i would pay for and they put it on their menu as a special for a couple weeks and they didn't sell any and you never saw it again and like that's the way that something like that should go where your like foodie chef is or owner is all enamored with the idea of like hey let's you know let's make this like specialty sandwich and see how it sells and then it doesn't sell, and everybody's like, cool, let's just not make it anymore, because it doesn't make any sense. Right. Not like, let's take up an entire menu spot for this thing. I don't know. It just annoys me. <laughs> All right. 
So next week we will be back with Cracker Chat. That's all it's about now, isn't it? <laughs> really? Is <laughs> whatever whatever food items we're gonna talk about. Um we'll be back with Ninja's Attack 4, Cold War. And, and Cracker Chat, yes. Um Does anybody really wanna listen to me talk about ninjas? How many times so. have I talked about ninjas? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I want to watch movies. You wanted about to do an entire year on ninjas, motherfucker. <laughs> two guys, too many ninjas. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it wouldn't have all been ninjas. But just a lot of it would have been ninjas right. because the canon films—they got a lot of ninjas. Right. You know what they don't got? Fucking baseball movies. Seventh inning gonna, stretch or whatever gonna, the fuck. Gonna, pennant race? Know. Is that what you call it? Pennant race, yeah. I'm going to yeah. make sure that motherfucker pops up in fucking September now. I'm going to red card um, That's fine. I'll watch a bait. What, what do I? What am I doing? In September, you're going to be teaching classes. Okay. How about Ninja in the, the Mafia Shadow? Do you think that's got some Cold War implications? What? I don't know. That's one of the movies. It's an option. No. When the mafia raises the rent on a pizza joint to drive it out of business, it's up to the establishment's ninja delivery driver to take them on. Remember that shit. I think there's something that does fit with that with an ninja's attack, if it comes up. It's 2023. That's really disappointing because that's not going to be any good. I don't like to watch ninja movies made after like 1992. Right. Here's Here's one with the ninja versus the Ku Klux Klan. All right, so you've never seen this bitch. Um, Stealing Home from 1988. Billy Wyatt is a washed-up baseball player who is called back home to handle the ashes of his childhood sweetheart, first love, who has committed suicide. Fuck. Nice. Jody Foster, Mark Harmon is playing Billy Wyatt. and um, Mark Harmon is. And then Harold Ramis is in it as well. You never seen that one. Hold on, American coming of age romantic drama film that involves baseball. Yeah, that's hmm. so that's exactly what I think of when I think of pennant race. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna. I said this was easy. I don't know how easy this is gonna be. You don't think there's some some Cold War ninja shit? I mean, you got like you know. Yeah, I don't know. I it has. We already watched the American Ninja movies, and not, most of that's not Cold War, right? Some of it is. I mean, it depends on what you consider Cold War. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we'll be back, hopefully, with a Ninja Cold War movie. Um, and uh, Cracker Chat. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Yeah, deuces.